Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. If you enjoy our show, please write us a review. Also, share it with a friend. This episode is brought to you by Shorthand. Tonight, we'll be reading the opening to Lord Tennyson's 1847, The Princess. Tennyson was Poet Laureate of the United Kingdom from 1850 to 1892 and remains one of the most popular English poets. The poem tells the story of a heroic princess who forswears the world of men and founds a woman's university where men are forbidden to enter. The prince to whom she was betrothed in infancy enters the university with two friends disguised as women students. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep breaths. A prince I was, blue-eyed and fair in face of temper amorous as the first of May, with lengths of yellow ringlet like a girl, for on my cradle shone the northern star. 
There lived an ancient legend in our house. Some sorcerer, whom a far-off grandsire burnt, because he cast no shadow, had foretold, dying that none of all our blood should know. The shadow from the substance, and that one, should come to fight with shadows and to fall. For so, my mother said, the story ran, and, truly, waking dreams were, more or less, an old and strange affection of the house. Myself, too, had weird seizures, heaven knows what. On a sudden, in the midst of men and day, and while I walked and talked as heretofore, I seemed to move among a world of ghosts, and feel myself the shadow of a dream. Our great court Galen poised his gilt head cane, and pawed his beard, and muttered, catalepsy. My mother, pitying, made a thousand prayers. My mother was as mild as any saint, half canonized by all that looked on her. So gracious was her tact and tenderness. But my father, though a king a king, he cared not for the affection of the house. He held his scepter like a pendant's wand to lash a fence, and with long arms and hands reached out and picked offenders from the mass for judgment. Now it chanced that I had been, while life was yet in bud and blade, betrothed to one, a neighboring princess. She, to me, was proxy-wedded with a bootless calf at eight years old, and still from time to time, came murmurs of her beauty from the south, and of her brethren, youths of puissance, and still I wore her picture by my heart, and one dark tress, and all around them both, sweet thoughts should swarm as bees about their queen. But when the days drew nigh that I should wed, my father sent ambassadors with furs and jewels, gifts to fetch her. These brought back a present, a great labor of the loom, and therewithal an answer vague as wind. Besides, they saw the king, he took the gifts, he said there was a compact, that was true. But then she had a will. Was he to blame? And maiden fancies loved to live alone. Among her women, certain.